welcome you into Cleveland Browns headquarters here in Berea, Ohio. Jason Gibbs, along with Brown senior staff writer Andrew Gribble. We are in the media room directly above us, the war room, normally for drafting, but for the last few days, uh, a lot of meetings and a lot of things happening. The Browns 53-man roster is set dot, dot, dot for now. For it the is, next uh, 12 hours or so. Yeah, it, is a, it will be a fluid situation. But let's get you up to speed with what we do know at this time and what has happened today. The Browns uh, making two trades right before the 4 p.m. cut down to 53 deadline. Don't forget as well, on Friday they had traded quarterback David Blau to Detroit, uh, had swapped some picks for years from now. 2022 (laughs) swaps. Yeah, who knows where we will be at that point. Uh, today, though, the Browns active, and they went out and got a wide receiver. Uh, Taewon Taylor, uh, the Browns will receive him. The Titans receive an undisclosed draft pick. We've seen a lot of different things, a lot of speculation as to what that pick is, but w- nothing confirmed yet from either side. Taylor, 5'11", 205 pounds, entering his third NFL season out of Western Kentucky. Originally a third-round pick by Tennessee, he's appeared in 29 games with nine starts, has 53 career receptions for 697 yards and two touchdowns. Last year, 37 catches for 466 yards and one touchdown in 13 contests. That was trade number one. Trade number two today, the Browns go out and they get more help on that offensive line. They trade for guard Justin McCray from the Green Bay Packers. They'll also get a draft pick in 2020. The Packers receive a draft pick as well in 2020. McCray, 6'3", 315 pounds, his third NFL season out of Central Florida. Originally signed uh, with Tennessee as an undrafted free agent in 2014. He has appeared in 25 regular season games with 13 starts last year, 12 games with five starts for the Packers. Uh, John Dorsey wheeling and dealing here, and we uh, we haven't even gotten to the cuts yet today, Gribbs, but uh, making some moves and fortifying some more positions here. Yeah, and I think this is kind of a, a couple of reasons that these kind of moves happen. One, I, these kind of trades – have now become pretty common in the NFL, uh, especially with the rosters going from 90 to 53 instead of having that middle middle cut down. Uh, I think that for a team like the Browns, who are now not at the number one waiver claim priority, these are the kind of moves you can make uh, to ensure you get the guys you want to get. Because I, I think that you know there's a feeling that potentially both of those guys who you got in the trades and even the one on Thursday, those guys might have hit the wire. And you at the number 17 position – uh, you know, the, the odds are you might not get any of those guys. So I, I think all of these moves were depth-related. The most intriguing one to me is Taylor because I think we, we watched this entire training camp and all we said was this is a really good wide receiver from 1 to 10. Uh, but clearly John Dorsey thinks it could get better, especially with Taylor's skill set. He is, is more of that kind of slot, shifty kind of guy. It'll be interesting to see how quickly he moves into the rotation and, and gets up to speed here. And if he helps on special teams, one would think they will get him up to speed quite quickly on that right. part part of the things. Uh, I, I take a look at that wide receiver acquisition of, of Taewon Taylor, and I, I look at it and I go, well, the offense, the wide receiver room played well up until that t- Tampa Bay game. And then Tampa Bay, it, they struggled a little bit. And even into the final preseason game against Detroit, the, the guys at the back end competing for those spots, it just it never really seemed to come together. And they cut Jalen Strong earlier in the week, 
but now uh, feeling the need to go out and maybe get someone else because everybody wasn't doing what they needed to be doing. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I think you went and uh, there was a player out there who got hurt in DJ Montgomery who might have found a spot on this roster. I think Derek Willies has played some games, not a ton, but you get someone in Taylor who has a lot more, has some real experience at, at and can really fill a need that you might have lacked. I mean, you don't. Odell and Jarvis are shorter, shiftier receivers, but this team maybe didn't have a guy that was that maybe your true slot kind of guy that can fill in. And you know, you, you gave a look to Braxton Miller, but it was a quick week, ten days or so, and and you obviously felt more comfortable uh, going with Taylor. So again, we've we've been a part of this almost every year, getting in a new wide receiver at this time of year. You don't need him to be your number one guy, but I, there's a chance uh, he might be out there week one and and playing. Maybe not a significant role, but but playing some kind of role out there, especially yeah. with five guys. If you only have five wide receivers, I, I, almost all those guys, those guys are going to be active for game day. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think the Justin McCray. I mean, when you look at that uh, acquisition, the acquisition of Wyatt Teller on Thursday uh, from Buffalo. Clearly, John Dorsey, Freddie Kitchens, and company feel that offensive line is not where they need it to be yet. Yeah, and and uh, McCray especially has a lot of experience. Uh, he's more of a veteran maybe than Teller, but it's just going to be interesting to see how you really evaluate this comp- competition. I think Cush is going to be your guy, uh, barring some kind of crazy change in practice this week. But now you have some options if it doesn't go so well in those games. That that's basically how I see it. Is that you you you're going to evaluate Cush in the games and then maybe make some tweaks if it, if it's not working the way you want it to work. So those are the trades that have happened. The Browns making four trades, one Thursday, one Friday, and two today. And we'll see what happens here. Uh, one would think John Dorsey probably isn't done and is probably burning up the phone line still uh, to figure out maybe some other guys that might be out there. And, again, this roster is very fluid and will change a couple times, if not more than a couple times, between now and next Sunday when we play Tennessee. Yeah, no, it, it – it, the last few years, this team has added five players <laughs> yeah. uh, on Ross, uh, on waiver claim day. I, I mean, I, get, I, I would be surprised if the number was that high. You don't usually see teams in the 17th priority getting five players, uh, but you could potentially see a player or two. I mean, I don't know. What, what positions do you see? I mean, I, I think we've talked about tight end a lot in, in the preseason as, as a potential place where maybe you see someone out there that you think can help you out, but... Uh, it's harder to to really identify which room you're looking at. I mean, you've got six safeties on this team that give. John Dorsey talked to me about that a little bit ago. Just how the the changing nature of the NFL, Steve Wilkes' defense. There's a reason why there's six safeties on this team. So you might not deviate from that, but you always look at where the weird numbers are. And so there's 11 DBs. You could usually get by with 10, and then we mentioned earlier, 10 offensive linemen. That's that's a weird number. So we'll we'll see if the changes now or in a week or couple weeks but tomorrow is a day where there's still gonna be a lot of change around the league so the roster and we will break down the positions and numbers and and go through those in just a few minutes but here is what we do know these are some of the bigger names that were affected today in cut down day contracts terminated included linebacker Ray Ray Armstrong punter Britton Colquitt defensive tackle Carl Davis tackle Brian Witzman some of the players waived that stood out today tight end Seth DeValve uh, safety J.T. Hassel, who uh, had made some plays and had a great story, but just couldn't uh, make crack that final 53. Wide receiver Ishmael Hyman. Uh, the only uh, draft pick 
to be cut this year on cut-down day. Defensive back Donnie Lewis Jr., wide receiver Braxton Miller, running back A.J. Olette, wide receiver Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, a great story, just not enough, uh, not enough to make this 53-man roster. And then Derek Willies uh, from last year not making it. Uh, waved slash injured Kyle Kalis and Joe Carriage, both uh, with concussions. On the reserve list, Philip Gaines, the defensive back, uh, with a concussion late in the game on Thursday night. And then uh, the reserve suspended list, Antonio Callaway, Kareem Hunt, and Rico Gathers. What stands out to you from the names that we just talked about? Uh, I think the the most interesting uh, – I mean, yeah, there's a couple. The most interesting was Brayton Colquitt. I mean, I think that was the one that was making yeah. the, the – I think that was the one move that, out of all these, was the most surprising. Because I think that everyone just kind of assumed Colquitt was an established veteran. He was a great punter last year. Uh, Jamie Gillen was a great story. Uh, but I don't know if a lot of people gave him a chance. But I will say he punted really well throughout training camp. Had a phenomenal night in Tampa. Took a little bit of a step back in the game this past Thursday, I thought. Sure. Uh, but it, he, it's, it's a combination of things. I don't think he punted as well that night. He was also working with a full unit of special teams where almost all of those guys are no longer on the team. So, so some of those returns got maybe a little bit longer than they, than they might have during the regular season. But it's, it's just they, they clearly like the upside that he has, the, the potential, and I think the improvement that they saw with him from the moment that he got here. I think uh, Derek Willies, uh, maybe a guy that you maybe tried to get back. I don't know if he's eligible for a practice squad slot or not. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Um, maybe an A.J. Olette, uh, J.T. Hassel. Set the valve. Just, you know, we talked to him earlier in the week, and he said it's up to the guys upstairs. You know, I've got to show enough. And you know, a, a player that has spent a lot of time in the trainer's room and spent a lot of this preseason in the trainer's room. And I think it might have ended up costing him overall uh, as the Browns keep three tight ends and not four, and Farrell Brown makes a head ahead of Seth DeVette. Yeah, you feel, you feel bad for the guy because I hate throwing around the, the label injury-prone, especially when this guy's last – when DeVal's last injury was a concussion. I mean, there's, really no, there's nothing you can do about that. You show good uh, safety awareness with that. Just keep him off the field as long as he needs to be. Uh, but to me, getting rid of him – uh, raises the question on where do you go with having a guy that can play fullback? Because I don't know if we've seen much of Farrah Brown uh, as as kind of that blocking back out of the backfield. Certainly not going to see David Njoku or Demetrius Harris back there. So I wonder if that is the move that is still left to be made because uh, that's something we've seen a lot of in this offense throughout training camp and in the preseason. Uh, and I don't right now I just don't know who's going to be the guy to do it. Was there any other name that stood out to you, guys that that maybe played uh, played at that level that surprised you a little bit? Uh, you know, I thought I, I was among the people who thought Braxton Miller had a really good chance to make this team. Uh, that was up until you make the trade for Taewon Taylor. Sure. Uh, so I thought his skill set was something that this team really didn't have, but I think that Taylor gives you someone uh, who's experienced a little bit more at that position. Uh, I'll, I'll go all, also with uh, an Anthony Zettel. Uh, I thought that he is just kind of an established pro. It's just it's it's a numbers game. And he he got caught up in it. He'll he'll definitely land somewhere tomorrow. Uh, and at the it was not the names that were cut. It was the the fact that your defensive tackles played so good that you had to keep uh, you had to keep nine defensive linemen. I think that was something that I speculated you could do, but I didn't know if you could actually do it with the numbers. I didn't know if they were going to make it work. 
But you had, after all this offseason of hand-wringing, trying to bring in these veteran defensive tackles, you had a lot of guys rise to the occasion uh, and played really, really well, uh, led by Devereaux Lawrence uh, as among those backups. But you're on a team that, that's probably going to play a lot of nickel and dime, and you've got five de- defensive tackles on this team, all of whom earned their role on, on the squad. All right, so let's break down the roster for you as it stands right now. This is Saturday at about 5.30, so a lot can change between now and when we talk to you again on Tuesday on Cleveland Browns Daily and on Monday when we resume practice and officially begin preparations for Tennessee. A defensive tackle, five tackles. Uh, you mentioned it. All of them played exceptionally well. You couldn't hide Devereaux Lawrence. Daniel Aquali really had a good camp. Uh, Trevon Coley, a guy that – 31 starts in the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, but didn't play in that fourth preseason game. And we've seen guys not play in the fourth preseason game that we thought were safe that ended up not being safe, and he ends up being safe. So Yeah, a lot of experience there. It's just going to be – again, this thing's going to evolve as the year goes on. Uh, you know, some guys are harder to hide at this time of year than they are in a couple weeks. So you wonder – I mean, there's, there's moves that, that will – this roster keeps churning no matter what. It'll be interesting, though, if you do keep five defensive tackles for a while throughout the season. But it's a, it's a punishing position, and you're, you might be wondering when a guy gets banged up, you're going to need some, some guys to play. Only four defensive ends. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Chris Smith, Chad Thomas. Uh, to be expected. Linebacker-wise, Kirksey and Mac Wilson, Schobert, Sione Takitaki, Jannard Avery, Adarius Taylor. Um, I would think that they might need to see a little bit more out of that Sam linebacker position. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned the defensive ends. You can count Jannard Avery basically as a defensive end. He plays a lot at that position. And you also, with we saw Darius Taylor in that Tampa Bay game because the Browns ran out of their base defense, but we also saw a lot of this team running four two five 2 5 throughout the, the preseason and probably expect more of that going into the season. So I think that the numbers there are really just a reflection of what kind of defense this team's going to run. Uh, at corner, you kept five. Uh, I, I think pleasantly surprised. I mean, if you're Tavier Thomas, you're having quite the party for now, and we'll see what happens. But five, uh, five corners, Denzel, Terrence Mitchell, Greedy Williams, TJ Carey, and, uh, and Tavier Thomas there. But you also have those six safeties that we'll get to here in a second. Right, and I, I think as we learned when there were some injuries during the, the preseason that Eric Murray, the safety, can play nickel corner. Correct. The, the question I have is what happens if Phil, Gain, Phil Gaines doesn't get hurt on Thursday? He was someone who was definitely in the mix to make this team, make the roster as he could play nickel, can play outside. Uh, but it's just unfortunately timed injury for him. Yeah. At the safety spot, three free safeties, three strong safeties. Were you surprised that they that they kept six with Justin Burris making the squad it, it, too? It was just like the defensive tackle team. I was wondering thing. I was wondering how do how do you end up keeping six? Yeah. Uh, but they they did it, and I think that it really is a reflection of what what you saw in the preseason. All six of those guys at one point or another were playing with the first or second team defense. There's no third team guys here. Justin Burris is the most interesting one to me because. He was a cornerback last year. He's never played safety, but he's really looked good. And I think we always – the antennas go up whenever a coordinator or a coach mentions a guy unprompted. In the spring, it was Jermaine Whitehead. Uh, and then this August, Steve Wilkes mentioned Justin Burris, kind of unprompted. I would think he's essentially Whitehead's backup. Uh, he can play that versatile safety role, but uh, gives you a lot of options. But both you can get away with five corners especially one in Tavier Thomas, who's pretty much special teams exclusive, because you have Eric Murray and Demarius Randall who can play corner for you. On the offensive side of the football, three quarterbacks, Baker, Drew Stanton, Garrett Gilbert does make the squad. 
Three running backs with, with Hunt also on the reserve slash suspended list, Nick Chubb, Dontrell Hilliard, and Dearness Johnson. Hilliard and Johnson, probably two of the better stories from this year's training camp by yeah, far. Yeah, both played really well. And Johnson earned his earned his spot more uh, as much as anyone on this team. Well, and I would say both going to be counted on heavily in the punt and kick return games. Yes. Wide receivers five. Were you surprised? Only five. I, I was, uh, and I I think it 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 is a reflection of their confidence in Damian Ratley because right now you're as we mentioned earlier, you're not just going into the season counting on Damian Ratley. You're counting on him to be active on game day. That means he's going to have to play most of the special teams uh, and get on the field occasionally, but. Also, that that to me is a reflection of this team might be in 12 personnel a lot with two tight ends, and then you've got Jarvis and Odell, and that just might be enough, and that's where this team's strength ultimately lies. So it's Odell, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Damian Ratley, and uh, Taewon Taylor. Obviously, uh, Willie's the odd man out there, and we'll see where he ends up over these next 24 to 48 hours. Tight ends, we talked about it. Najoku, Harris. Farrell Brown makes it, and I think a lot of Farrell Brown has to do with special teams. Yeah. He's, a, he's again, that is the biggest, it has to be the biggest tight end room in the NFL with the size. I mean, <laughs> Njoku's big, not not as, as weight wise, but tall. Harris is huge. Farrell Brown is, is the biggest guy in the room. This is a massive tight end room, uh, but you're just going to, you're going to be seeing a lot of Njoku and Harris out there with the offense. Offensive lineman, 10. You treader. Cush, Hubbard, Batonio, Robinson will probably be your starting five, but now you've got five backups. Austin Corbett, Kendall Lamb, Drew Forbes, Justin McCray, Wyatt Teller. Good news for Forbes. We don't see him on any of the injured notes. No, but it's one of those where you wonder what his status will be for week one. So then you you go into week one thinking you're probably only going to have nine. Then among those, you might have at least one inactive there. I I just – I take a look at – Corbett will probably be your backup center. Lamb, your swing tackle, but now you've—I mean—you've got four tackles, five or four guards, five guards right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just—I'm wondering. I, I can't imagine this is going to be the look of the offensive line by the end of the season, let alone the midpoint of the season. Uh, so it's just going to kind of weed itself out, and hopefully, you find the right guy to put it right guard. And it might be Eric Cush. I mean, maybe he's—he goes out there and he, he plays well in the regular season. You didn't need these guys, but now you have a little bit more insurance than you had previously. All right, and then the final positions on special teams. Uh, two rookie kickers. Yeah. Austin Seibert, Jamie Gillen, the Scottish Hammer, makes the squad. Charlie Hewitt, Hewlett is your long snapper. Two rookie kickers. Uh, maybe some sleepless nights coming for Mike Prefer, uh, but here's what the hand you've been dealt. Get them ready, and let's go for Sunday. Listen, I'm just glad that Cyber finished the season preseason strong because we'd Amen. be in a situation where I don't – if we're still looking for one. And uh, the uh, the Vikings just cut their kicker today, who they traded a fifth-round pick for two weeks ago. I mean, that just shows you if you don't have an elite kicker, uh, you're always looking. And I think that this is going to be one of those things where Cybert's going to – I think he's going to have some flexibility. You know, you're going to be a rookie, but it's one of those things where you're always looking for kickers and on a, on a team that expects to be really good – uh, you, you you know that you're not going to let a guy keep going out there and missing. I mean, so Seibert's got to keep doing what he did at the end of the preseason. Well, when we mentioned Gillen, Gillen looked good punting the football. The question's going to be how good a holder is he going to be? Yeah, he's come a long way. They, they said there were some rough days there in the spring. There were. Uh, so now you hone, it, you hone it. These two are going to be working together a lot work as much as they can over the next uh, eight days here to get ready for the season opener. So that is where we stand. That is your 53-man roster as of the 5 o'clock hour on Saturday, 
obviously a very fluid situation, and we expect obviously a lot more to happen between now and Monday when the team reconvenes to practice, and then obviously Tuesday when everybody's back to work and we're in full-on game mode. For Andrew Gribble, for, uh, I'm Jason Gibbs. Make sure you keep up to date with all the Browns moves by logging on to clevelandbrowns.com, at Browns on Twitter, any of the social media platforms. They'll keep you apprised of the latest news that happens on Sunday and on Monday. You can get this podcast wherever you download your podcasts or by going on to clevelandbrowns.com. This has been a special edition of the best podcast available.